This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. What's up, bees? Hello. Welcome to the Breed on Blast podcast, where we put everything and anything on blast. What's this week's roundup? This week, we have M.D. Welch, the amazing photographer and just overall very interesting human. Um, M.D. has shot for BLFT and all the brands for, I don't know, four or five years now, and his work is just really amazing. I tell people he's probably one of the most skilled photographers mm-hmm. that I ever worked with and one of the most educated as well. Like he's been around, he's been, he's assisted for really, really famous photo- photographers who shoot for like National Ge- Geographic. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he knows what he's doing. Um, and his photos really show like another level of professionalism and just expertise. There's an intensity behind them. Yeah, there say. is. Yeah. Definitely. It's not necessarily like lifestyle. It's more like what I love about MD is he'll send me like 10 photos from a shoot and they're all just fantastic. Immaculate. Yeah. Yeah. I just spent last Tuesday with him. Um, We did that photo shoot. I think we talked about it last week. Um, and just per our conversation on last week's episode, I do hate being a model, but I do love working with MD. Mm-hmm. Like MD and Jerry are my two favorite and that cat. Um, I can't say her last name, so I'm not going to try it, but she knows who she is and I'll tag her. But, um, I really have enjoyed working with them and MD was such a joy to work with last week. And I was kind of a pain in the ass because I got tired and it was a long day and, you have to do a lot of the same thing over and over and over again. And we did like video content last week. So it was kind of a lot, but he's just, he like, I don't know if he knows how to handle everybody really well, or if he just knows how to handle me really well, because I'm such a psycho in those settings. He does. He knows how to handle situations really well. And when he is like in his game, he gets people to participate and he gets the models to do what he needs to do to get the shot, which is hard. And it's like doing two jobs at once. Yeah. It was really impressive. It was really exciting because we had done like headshot photos with him before Mm -hmm. you and I had, but like I, in the studio, I had never seen him like out, especially like videography. And we were recording with my Jeep and two other models. And it was just like, yeah, it was impressive to watch. I really enjoyed. There's a lot of moving parts Mm -hmm. in a shoot like that. When you have video and photo going on at the same time and like i don't think that people understand how much goes into the images yeah like what all the behind the scenes all the planning all the permits that you need to get right all the scheduling for hair and makeup like and then you just want it to all come together for one single shot yeah or you know one video clip and And he fed us that's so nice like it's a lot of logistics like he managed all that yeah he's the man 
And his interview is awesome. I'm so excited we're finally releasing this. I know we've had this in the, it's been a long time coming for this one. We've been hanging on to it, but I'm super excited that um, you guys get to hear him talk and hear his experience. And there's just a lot of really cool things. And I have a photo of his very first photo that he ever took. So I'll post that on our Instagram. That was awesome. That was like with a little Polaroid that his dad had gotten him. And he was like, how old? Like so young like single digits i think like eight (laughs) yeah um how How, was your week yeah weeks week it was a week it was good i mean it was good fourth of july was great i like worked a lot of this last weekend which was great got caught up on a lot of stuff nice we actually have my new hire with us here today lauren is literally in the studio with us um so i am just thrilled i was prepping to have her start and just super stoked to have help i celebrated one year of being single so me and america celebrated our independence together as together as one (laughs) which is how i like it me and america um and so we're breaking that now because now i have lauren by my side so i don't have to do everything by myself anymore you're not solo when it comes to haven and flux which Mm -hmm. is got to be such a great feeling such a blessing i'm so so excited yeah. so and she's amazing so you yeah. picked a good one yeah picked a good one that's what everybody keeps telling me no i'm kidding i knew that too <laughs> no it's good and it makes all the difference like your team is everything yeah and then i had just incredible bonding time with my parents on the fourth of july nice my dad surprised me i told him i wanted to be by a body of water and he and i like just ran out of ideas and so i was like i'll come over like we can barbecue for fourth of july I show up and my dad had a blow up baby pool for the backyard. I love that. The sweetest little surprise I've ever seen. And just like so thoughtful of him. And that's kind of like out of his wheelhouse. So like, honestly, it just was, it brought me all the joy. And I just like sat in that and we played um, Mexican train dominoes, which is like super fun. Yeah. And grilled up and watched the fights and nice. Drove up to the mountain and waited for the fireworks to get canceled in Carson City. And then I drove home. Yeah. How was your week? Um, great. I was up in Tahoe for the weekend, which was amazing. Uh, hiked every day and just kind of laid low. Mm-hmm. Um, but gearing up for a busy few weeks with BLFT um, and just kind of recalibrating after the rodeo and like what's the next step for Murdoch's and how we're going to get there mm-hmm. and I just feel like business is like this. You just like walk this fine line between numbers and people. And that's what I like literally grasped this weekend. I was like, I'm constantly feeling like I'm like walking a tightrope. It's like if you go too far off towards the numbers, then the people suffer and then vice versa. So that's kind of what I gained over the weekend of just like some reflection and trying to figure out you know, what is the next step? And that's always kind of a hard anxiety provoking feeling, I guess, because you just don't know what's going to come, but, um, kind of learning to sit in that and learning to just identify where the business needs to go and what I need to do next. So, um, 4th of July was good. It was weird. It was on a Monday, um, kind of came back just, yeah, in the grind mode again. So mm-hmm. here I am back at it, but, um, I'm excited for MD's interview and I think it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be a good one too. I feel like this should be the moment that we like make a promise that we'll do. Don't you feel like when you go out into nature, you like your creativity and your brain 
like the insights that you come back with are like so far superior to like when you're in the grind. I feel like we should like make a commitment to like go on a hike once a week. Yeah. Throughout the summer. Even if we just go together with the dogs. For sure. Hiking, like being in nature, the silence of it, like not listening to anything. Mm -hmm. I also, I come up with like my most creative ideas when I'm running. Mm. And I, I don't know why. I think it's just like my body is like so depleted and maxed out that it's like you can only think about things that matter right and so i don't know why but that's like i call it my church when i get on the treadmill yeah and like that's where i i literally come up with my most creative ideas so i'm excited to get back on the treadmill tomorrow after this weekend away yeah i mean it's good stuff my brain is going wild i i've had like really good conversations with like a bunch of business owners recently and i just grateful for them so mm-hmm Definitely. It's different. Anyway, here's MD, y'all. Enjoy. So, Britt, because this is in your wheelhouse, why the Automobile Museum? I mean, you know, for me, it's about the cars all day long. I love cars. I like old cars, new cars, all the things. For me, the fact that they have the DeLorean here and the Batmobile in the same room is like, it's, it's like, a, it's ha- it makes my heart happy. Um, so that's why for me, but I think for like someone like us, like doing things with all of our friends, like yeah, 160 of our close friends yes. could go to the theater. In any movie that you want, they have so many things to offer. The space camp for your kids, if you like need a little break or you want to look at the cars. Reno's just really lucky to have it. It's one of the biggest collections, I think, in the country, yeah. which is awesome. It's so cool. And the fact that it's here in the biggest little city is like the coolest thing ever. So yeah, grab a bottle of tequila yeah. and come on into the theater. Yes, back to the future. Get all your friends, 160 of them, so the whole town of Reno. So everyone you know. <laughs> and watch a movie. Yep. You can find tickets at the uh, automuseum.org. Yeah. And yeah, that's where, that's where you go get your tickets. Perfect. Fun day. All right. So you guys know that I live for Western wear, specifically my boots and my hat. So I want to talk a little bit about a brand new brand that is new to Reno, Nevada, and is from our beautiful babe over here. So Britton, tell us what Murdoch's is. Well, first of all, hats have been one of my truest loves since I was a kid. I swear I had a hat on in every single picture as a child. And then they quickly became a BLFT signature. We couldn't find the hat that was just perfect. And so we decided to design our own. Murdoch's is a family brand that started in the great state of Nevada in the 1950s. My great grandparents started Murdoch's Western wear. Fast forward 60 years, the Murdoch sisters recreate this homegrown brand by curating a hat line that embodies the spirit of Nevada. We were raised in this amazing state and we watch a Nevadan's ability to put in a hard day's work on the ranch followed by a hard night's play at the casinos. We pulled inspiration from the everyday beauty around us, the sunsets, Lake Tahoe, the mountains, and the forests. I'm not gonna lie, I have full body chills right now because you hit so many nails on the head just now. Like there's nothing that screams Reno, Nevada more than family and community and a little bit of Western. So the fact that you put all of our favorite things together and then you made it all about like bringing back the roots of your family brings me so much joy. Y'all need to check out Murdoch's Hats. Where do you find them? Murdoch'sHatsInApparel.com We love it. Go shop, y'all. MD Welch is a man of many talents. He is a photographer, a filmmaker, and an educator. 
And when I say photographer, I mean highly skilled photographer. There aren't many that do it the way MD does it. Um, He has been in business for 22 years, but took his first image with a Polaroid camera at the age of four. And I guarantee it's better than any of us have ever taken with our super fancy iPhones. And I can vouch for that because he brought them here today. And yeah, it checks out. Yep. Um, He has been trained and mentored um, and assisted extremely famous and well-respected photographers such as Joe McNally, who shot Ed Sheeran, Cher, Venus and Serena, and many more. Those are just a few of the ones that I went through in the album. Like so badass. Um, He teaches photography at the University of Nevada, as well as the Academy of Art in San Francisco. Um, I met MD through BLFT and I didn't know it at the time, but it would be one of those relationships that would just kind of stick around Mm -hmm. through all the time. Um, He does photography a little bit different than anyone I've ever worked with or met. He is always overprepared and he brings that old school expertise and professionalism to every single shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the guy that shoots in the studio and he gets like the shot that just like blows you away. Um, his work with lighting is my absolute favorite. Yep. He also has a YouTube channel, Depth of Field. And um, even though the photography jargon sounds like Japanese to me, <laughs> Seriously, MD, it really does. Most of the time, I have no clue what he's talking about, but he still manages to make it interesting. And I find myself laughing at his stupid jokes. All the time. time. Yeah. (laughs) On top of it all, he's a great person and friend and one of the smartest people I hang out with. I literally need to go to MD's school every day. Just like take a class with him 30 minutes a day where he can tell me all his stupid random facts. Um, His ability to recall movie lines and random facts is unlike anyone I've ever met. Britt met him when we did some content I actually, for Bob. So fun fact, I actually, MD started following me through you mm-hmm. uh, on Instagram. And it was at a time in my life where I was like, I trust no one. And it was like, who, and it was when my account was still on private. And I was like, who the <laughs> fuck is this guy? Like, yeah, absolutely not. And, and he, he st- comes in, strong. he comes in hot. It's like flames, hearts. Like, yeah. And I love it. You're like our yeah. hype guy. So he's like hyping me. And I'm like, who the fuck? fuck is this guy? Like I had no idea. And his profile doesn't sit. It's all photography. So I was like, I have no idea. And then I just assume he's like a lot of other photographers men I've met. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know his age. I didn't know anything about MD at this point, like right. literally zero things. And I was like, this is weird. And then, but I appreciate it. Cause he hyped everything. It yeah. was not in a creepy way at all. It was no. just like, what the fuck is going on here? So then we met in a coffee shop. It was at coffee bar. You and I were doing our pre Bob like yes. situation. Yes. And I, he was like, looking at us and and then you said hello and i was like that's md afterwards i was like who was that guy remember yeah. and you were like oh that's md i was like that guy follows me on instagram and he's like yes always i totally me. remember this yes. and she was like oh yeah he's like awesome he's the best ever and i was like all right to be determined because again like i trusted nobody at the time <laughs> and then we did a photo shoot um with him and I cannot express this enough. Like truly, not only does he make you comfortable behind the camera, he also has a way of like making you feel comfortable just in life and like mm-hmm. hyping you up in a way he really hears you. And I can honestly say at this point now he has photo- photographed us. I can't even say it photographed us. And he's also um, done some videography for Brit on blast. And he's also seen me cry more than anybody in my like Britain now and him are like the highest. Well, that was a really hard time. It was a really hard time, but he really like listened and, and he remembers things and he he said empathetic listener. Like, yeah. And that takes 
energy. There's listening and there's hearing and MD hears. And then he says things sometimes that you're like within all of the nuggets of the stupid things that we don't understand that he says, they're not stupid. They're not stupid. We shouldn't call them stupid because they are like fun facts that he's like very interested in. It's just like, he lives his life like just above my head. He, yeah, no, he's like, he's like 20 classes above us to be clear. And he just has a way of like, you first off, he memorizes everything. So he knows like every movie quote and, and I don't remember movies quotes to my favorite movies. I so. don't even know how they end because I fall asleep. So I don't even like, remember what I said five minutes ago. Yeah, seriously. I've watched John wick like 40 <laughs> times and I don't even know what happened in that movie. Yeah, no. So anyway, but he, he really here, he's raising his hands. He's like, you guys shut up and let me talk. Yes. So, um, anyway, I just, I have only known him for a few short months and uh, he is one of my favorite people's not people's. Yes. And I'm so grateful to have him in my He's life. He's a good so. friend. And at the very least, we hope that you take away what an amazing, talented photographer he is, as well as just solid human. Yeah, definitely. So let's get into it. You can talk now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> MD, thanks so for wait being- a minute. Do you want to know how John Wick ends? We could act it out here if you want to. We got the props. We got Han Solo. We got some phasers. We could do it. I love John Wick so much. I have watched it so many times, but this is going to give you a real indication of what a daddy's girl I am because my dad and I used to sit and watch movies together and they were all like action packed. Uh, they lull me to sleep. Yeah. I am broken. Well, it's like <laughs> Christian and I were just talking about like decompressing at the end of the night and I always put on like Dateline. Yes. And I'm like, Oh, it's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. What? That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, so. I get that. I, I sp- spooked you out when I told you I watched Silence of the Lambs one night to go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. That okay. Was. That's a different kind of horror. Yeah. It's also not real. So maybe we're the fucked up ones. Actually. But yeah. We, I like laid out. It's like she was stabbed 16 times. I'm like, good night. Good, yeah. <laughs> true, true, yeah. true crime. Thank snapped you. used to be my favorite when I first moved. I was living alone in college, 18 years old. And I was like, snapped is my jam. I call forensic files, my ambient because the guy's voice yeah. just, it, he starts talking and I'm just like, I'm done. Yep. that makes sense. It definitely does. Okay. MD. Give us a little background on you. Where are you from? Who the heck are you? Who's on first? <laughs> Who's on first? Maybe the greatest <laughs> comedy first? bit of all time. Um, yeah, my name's MD Welch. I was born and raised in Reno, Nevada. So born at St. Mary's, graduated from UNR. For those of you- Go familiar, Wolfpack. Go Wolfpack. Um, I got uh, two degrees from college because I was there long enough that they basically- I was there so long that I didn't realize I was there too long. Like I didn't like, like I how people. many years long? Yeah. Well, okay. So fun fact, I was actually, so I'm in, He's I'm still in, there. I'm still there. I'm employed. He has never left. left. I never left. I'm like, I'm like Bill Murray in the beginning of Ghostbusters. I'm in a basement just giving tests. And uh, no. So what happened was uh, I'm currently employed by the university of Nevada teaching graphics design and stuff like that. Just workshops. And I'm, I don't know if this is a good thing to say. And I don't know if I'm going to get trouble for saying this, but There's I was no actually, bad things, we but I actually blast. was removed from UNR three times because of grades. Like I totally spun my wheels in the first couple of years of college. So it took me six years to get out because basically the first two years just didn't count. Right. And then all of a sudden at the end of my fourth ish year, I mean, my, my fifth year, I'm like, Hey, do I have enough credits to graduate? And they go, well, yeah, you only need like a, what, like 120, 126 or something like that. And I go, I have 163. Oh, <laughs> My gosh. holy shit. So, cause I had switched majors so much. And then, but the problem was, is I didn't have a minor and the minor that I had was in a language. It was in Japanese and I couldn't, 
I couldn't. I'm sorry. Britain and I just, sorry, let me just, they can't see us. Britain and I just fully looked at each other like, this motherfucker's too smart to be on this podcast. Well, and I said that his YouTube channel sounded like Japanese. Were you speaking Japanese? No, I can't. I was, but I'm not going to do it. Wow. By the way, before I forget, happy International Women's Day, by the way. Oh, hey, thank you. We don't recognize that. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I only I only recognize it because of the scene in Deadpool. Well, I recognize it for more reasons than that. But you know, now you got to rewatch Deadpool to catch the reference. I like Deadpool. Deadpool's great. But Deadpool's one of my faves. Deadpool's awesome. But anyways, long story short, I had to. I couldn't do well in that class, so I took on a second major. So I have two degrees, and then I got a history degree, and um, I walked. So, so what are your degrees? I have a degree in political science and okay. I have a degree in history. Okay. So basically every four years when there's a national election, everybody calls me to explain yet again how the electoral college works. And you're like, here it is. There you go. I would also just like to quickly point out that any college students listening to this, notice he has a degree in poli sci and history and he is a renowned photographer. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, and, the, and the funny thing is, because people do ask, they go, yeah, do you, I use my degree all the time. But not for work. Oh, for work all the oh, time. Oh, really? Well, I mean, because, you know, like you have to understand, I mean, political science and history open you up to worlds that maybe you anecdotally will never experience, that you'll never have a tactile yeah. thing to do. And so it's, it's really mind blowing the information that if you are patient and you do take the time to listen to it, what is out there in those disciplines? And and by the way, it was funny because I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day. They go, oh yeah, what's the practical application for that? After September 11th, I had the FBI, the NSA, and the CIA calling my house constantly because those degrees are sought after by intelligent agencies because we know we're talking right now and Putin's in Ukraine and all that other kind of stuff. And there are people literally running around who have no idea what's going on in the world. And it's, it's people in cubicles who just read information and read interviews and do all this mm-hmm. other kind of stuff. And they, and that's what you're taught in those disciplines. You're taught to take in a bunch of information, disseminate it, and then reach an educated opinion about it. So I use my degrees all the time. And that, that always kind of, I mean, I don't get hurt by it. People could think whatever they want to think, but I'm always like, dude, I use my degrees all the time. But interestingly enough, never went to school for photography. When I was in college, I backed into a job where I actually became a computer technician. So I was an actual certified IT professional before my junior year in, in college. And I was working at a computer store. It was, it was in the IT department, fixing computers and then I backed into a graphics design thing, got Disney as my first client and- uh, Casual. Yeah, wow. And, and Porsche is my set, Porsche of North America is my second client. I've been in a smoky room with a bunch of Germans. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this multimedia? And you're like, oh my God, this feels a little bit weird. Um, I'm and in then, a movie. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then I was going to go to law school. I was destined for law school. I could see you doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's probably one of like, those weird alternative universe. Like what you can happen. talk. Yeah. I, I don't know if you guys can like feel that, <laughs> but I could talk. Yes. I could definitely talk. So I, I then one of my fraternity brothers had just opened up a graphics design shop. I said, Oh, I'm going to go work there. I backed into teaching. I've been teaching since 1999. I was actually teaching for the university before I had a degree from the university. Wow. And then I, um, how does that happen? Well, so what it was is they I, wouldn't hire. Okay, go I know, no, no, but no, but so what it was is I was working at a place that did uh, training, not education. So like, oh, you need to know how to operate a forklift, or you need to know how to use Microsoft Word. So I went and I I was working there. I was doing IT, and the the, the gentleman there, who I have to give a shout out, Tom Sargent, saw that hey, this there was something there that he saw. He said, I want to start teaching graphics design. You've been a graphics designer. I'm going to buy a whole computer lab. You get to design the whole thing. You get wow. to design the program. You get to do all of this stuff. I'm 23 years old and he's thrown this all in my lap. 
And then that is, that's where it took off to. And then, um, and then as a graphics designer, I rediscovered my love of photography, realized I really wasn't a great designer. I don't even know if I was a good designer. I was doing web design, all that other kind of stuff. And I was like, you know, these, these, it was mostly, and that is unfortunately in the photography field, short of Annie Leibovitz and a few other very talented women, there's not a lot of female photographers out there. So when I say these guys are out there doing amazing stuff, that's whose work I was seeing at the time. But then I started doing photography and that led into filmmaking and led into video work. And yeah, so. So Britt, why intentional candles for mental health? Because building healthy habits around your intentions can have a positive impact on not only your mental health, but your overall productivity. I wanted to create a premium non-toxic candle that reminded my customers that life is complex and we can live in the and space. Talking about mental health and mental illness doesn't always have to be scary or depressing. Uh, sometimes it can be fun and enlightening. We are wildly unique and expansive creatures as we've talked about on the podcast before, and we can be many things in a day. And sometimes we just need to light a candle to remind ourselves who the fuck we are and what we are capable of. I 100% agree with that. Plus your candles smell so good and they fill up my whole house. I hear you have something special for our listeners. I do. I have a little promo for our bees. Y'all can head to havenandflux.com and use code BOB20 at checkout to get 20% off your order. I hope y'all enjoy. It's like so interesting to hear your story because it took you so many different routes and so many yeah. opportunities and making the most of the opportunities to get you to your true passion and what you really are meant to do and your purpose in life, which is photography. But like that was not a straight line. No, but you know, it's like that Louis Pasteur line of like chance favors the prepared mind, right? Be mm -hmm. prepared for things. The only career that I have that I have actually physically manifested that I've said, I'm going to do this is photography, even video work I backed into. Right. But doing still, and I, and I do, I do 50%, you know, video as well as photography, but photography was the only one that I said, you know what? I think I want to do this. And I'll never forget the look on my parents' face when I told them I wasn't <laughs> going to go to law school. And for a college graduation gift, I wanted a high-end camera and, and a couple of lenses. And you would have thought I told my parents I was addicted to drugs. Wow. And my parents did not, were not cool with that. And I don't even know if my parents have ever been cool with it, to be completely honest with you. Um, you know, because I think they, they, they wanted me to be a doctor. They wanted me to be a lawyer. But, you know, it's like, hey, I'm going to go. I'm not going to go to graduate school. I'm going to go do this. And they were just kind of like, the wind got totally knocked out of their sails. And so, but I mean, that's, that's sometimes you got to do that. You got to, you got to be your, your own champion in the room. You got to be able to sit there and say, this is what I want to do. But you also have to have the strength to realize if you're good at it or not, and be able to walk away from it. If it doesn't turn out, for example, I wasn't good at graphics design and I walked away from it. And not let the judgment of other people affect what you truly want to do or your dreams, right? Well, I mean, that's tough as a photographer, as a creative, you know, you are totally, you are manifesting something out of nothing right? Mm -hmm. You're, you were literally painting with photons. And so you're putting this work out there for people. And it's really hard because people will tell you always be true to yourself. All, but if your audience, especially because I'm a commercial editorial photographer, I'm not a fine art photographer. I can't put stuff out there and let it just sit in the ether. And then five years later, somebody wants to make an NFT out of it. That's not the way that it works. I got to convince art directors and creative directors and business owners like yourselves to hire me to do a campaign for them. So if I'm not 
it's very weird because if I could be true to myself, but totally miss the mark and be terrible at my profession at the same time. So there is this very weird balance of trying to find your creative voice, but sometimes having to adjust that voice for what you maybe want to do. You're almost like your job is literally to hold a space of creativity, but to amplify the creativity of others. Yeah, for sure. And that's got to be like, I can't imagine, like you're saying that and it's, I yeah, like, can't even imagine doing that because in my, like, I love creativity and I love like creating things and branding and all of that. And I, I've done Bob and I, or Brit on Blast and I've done right. Haven and Flux and I've done some things for my dad and, and other businesses. And I think to myself, like there's, like they come to me because they look for a specific design style or like I've, in, I've done a specific design style. If somebody were to come to me and be like, yo, I want neons. I'd be like, you can go fuck yourself. Like I'm not doing right. that for you. I don't know what neon is. I got to go. Right. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's super tough and it's because I've just started my own YouTube channel called photo kitchen because I can't afford a studio. So we're shooting it in my kitchen. Uh, that's totally the inside joke on it. Um, it's very weird for me to do that. I'm on my eighth or ninth episode. We do one once a week. And when I say we, I'm saying me, but I kind of refer to myself. I do it all the time on the show. But the funny thing is, is it's very weird because it's the first time in my life I'm creating something where I really feel like I have to be true to myself because then I'm not being genuine, Mm -hmm. but it's very weird because you're, you're seeing those views and you're like, wow, nobody watched that last week. Like, no, like I have one video that I released a few weeks ago that I didn't think it would do really well, but it's like 25 people. It's like 25 people, 25 people. I've, I've talked to more people at Denny's at lunch hour <laughs> than this. Like this is, but I mean, you know, you have to keep going. You, you have, have to, to keep going. I was well. just going to say process. Yeah. I mean, Britt and I always say, if we have one person that listens to our podcast, it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't know, you're going to catch fire if you continue to be consistent with it. Yeah. No, no, it is. It's weird to find the voice because I do want to be fun. I do want to, there's this whole side of photography that's kind of been left behind that a lot of people don't talk about anymore because it's either, it's either kind of a throwaway thing like, oh, we're taking selfies and you know, there's, you know, it's totally in the moment. It's literally what we would call a snapshot in the old days of photography, or it's this sometimes way too super serious people are, I mean, I've been around very, as you mentioned in the intro, I've been around and I've assisted some very prestigious photographers. And I'm fortunate that most of the people that I work with aren't pretentious, but I've been around those pretentious photographers and you're like, holy cow. Yeah. How, how do you get out? How do you get out of bed in the morning and your head not just hit the floor from how inflated that it is? I think that you land somewhere in the middle. And I think we live in a very saturated space of photography right now. And I just really admire, like I said, you bring back that kind of like expertise in the old school way of doing photography. And it's not as casual lifestyle-y with like a really intense edit. Like your, your photos are so specific and with, you have so much intention behind them Mm -hmm. and they're not over edited. And I just, I feel like it's almost like a lost art. Yeah. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, And there's not many like him. No, I would say there's two whole photographers that I've ever, cause I've been photographed a lot. And usually it's like my friends making me go like, even when I was in college, like, oh, we're going to go like. I used to have my friend, Chris Courtright, who actually she and her husband are photographers now and they do all of that, but, and they're great. But we, at one point she was, we had this thing called gypsy revival and she was like, let's go take photos for it. And we went and I just remember like the photographer for that. I was like, I cannot do Like, I hate this. I hate being photographed. And you saw that when right. we did our headshots, like I, uh, something happened. Like I am so easy, like chill, easy going. When I, when a camera is brought out, I turn into like, a, like I cannot manage 
that was like not the right terminology to use, but like, I'm so like, I literally like freeze up. I'm like a deer in headlights. I can't deal. So the fact that you can like ease in and him and then one other photographer, the only two times I've ever experienced, like not feeling like I want to come out of my skin. Yeah. He does gotta, have an ability to make you feel very comfortable. Right. And you do say that I'm a studio photographer, but actually most of my work happens out on location, right? Yeah. Like the two couple of times that we've worked together has been in a studio and I like working in a studio. Well, we've worked together outside. I, I feel like no one shoots in a studio anymore. I just think that right. it's like something that makes you different because you're an expert at it. But we have shot outside many yeah. times. Yeah. No, for my sure. sister's volleyball shoot. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. That shoot. We should put that on our cr- story. Yeah. We're, yeah. I want to put that on the story for sure. For that, sure. That was, that was fun. And you know what? Kudos to your sister because she was just like, because a lot of times, especially in a small town, right? As a photographer, I have, I have like, I probably have 50 shoot concepts that will be at number 48 when I die because it's so many, there's so many moving pieces. I shared with you that bridal shoot uh, that we could talk about a little bit later on. And it's like to get somebody to commit to an idea, to find the wardrobe, find the location, find all, and that came together so smoothly. And I remember like, she's like, well, what should I wear? And I'm like, well, we should do some sort of neon swimsuit because we were trying to do an eighties thing. And she goes, and she goes, well, what do I, and I go, okay, can you, do you trust me? And I bought your sisters. I bought yes. two. So I've never bought us. I've never bought, I don't buy clothes for women. Are you kidding me? No, I, get through, I can't I, wait to share. I cannot yes. wait to I, share. I need to this. get through this life. I buy shoes for my girlfriend all the time, but I do not buy her clothes. A sort of like a, a the, occasional free to t-shirt, but that's about it. So yeah, you know, it, it's putting those things together. Those concepts I love to do, but they do take time. They are productions. So. Yeah. Okay. So we want to get through some of these questions. Cause I want to get through like some of the expanse of this and we are going to run out of time because this is what we do with you is always run out of time. Sure. Um, so I want to get to the Polaroid photos because those I think are just so incredible. And I love the fact that when we were planning this, MD was like, so actually I took my first photos at four years old and I want you to tell that story because I think this is such a good, like, I don't want to be like American dream, but like, I think we forget sometimes and the fact that your parents did this for you. So can you tell that story of how you got started in photography? I know technically that's not where you got started, but like, no, for sure. It's a moment. It's where I fell in love holding a camera. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of you hear like, Listen to every great photographer. And by the way, people should really, there's a great documentary everybody should watch on HBO right now by a gentleman by the name of Gordon Parks. If you don't know who Gordon Parks is, he's the last Renaissance man of the, uh, of the 20th century for America. He directed Shaft. He was the first African-American photographer for Life Magazine. And you listen to all these people and he wrote a book called His Weapon of Choice, which was referring to the camera. And you listen to all these people talking about holding it. So my dad got me a Polaroid camera when I was four years old. And the minute you held on to that thing, like the loading of the film, it had this cartridge, you open up the bottom, you slapped it in, like the mechanics, the clicking of it. And so he would give me this camera and maybe maybe two film cartridges every now and then, as we were talking earlier, those things were not cheap by any means. And then that began that kind of birth. And then he gave me his camera that he shot with when he was an AP photographer, which I still have actually at my house. And uh, he didn't do that for very long, but he gave me that camera. And then I, I photographed, actually I photographed from my Boy Scout troop. I'd go out with my friends when we would rock climb in high school and all that other kind of stuff. And I would photograph and had, by the way, no clue, <laughs> no, no clue. Because my father was a very good photographer who never had to learn the technical aspects of photography. So therefore he didn't teach me the technical aspects of photography. I'm not proud to say this, but I really learned the science of what makes photos do what they do 
way too late in my career. And, and it's a reason why some of my, like people go, well, when did you really become a professional photographer? Well, somebody started cutting me a check in 1999. But that's such a testimony to you that right. you got away with just pure talent in like an eye. I don't know. Yeah, no, for real. Else you would have been shut down way earlier. Like, so so clearly there was some innate ability there. But here's a nightmare story. And this is where you have to recover. And it's funny because you guys have talked because I listen to the podcast all the time. Huge fan. And um, I I remember you guys talking about how in a small town, you can't make mistakes, right? You can't burn bridges. Yeah. So my first major commercial job was for Calneva. And they hired me. This was when I was shooting film. I bought a light kit, bought four lights, all this stuff, light meter, all this kind of jazz shot this whole thing. They shut down parts of the restaurant. And this was in a day where there was a place called Reno Color Lab where you could drop stuff off in the morning and get it in the afternoon, right? And so I walk in the next day, right? Dropped stuff off that morning, walk in at like one o'clock in the afternoon and they haven't even cut the slides and put them into the holders. And when that happens, you know, something terrible has happened. And this guy, and it's 10 rolls of film, $7.50 to shoot on it, $7.50. So $15, so $150 of film costs, right? And he just starts unrolling the the rolls right on top of the countertop and they're all black. There's not a single image in there. I just got full body chills. Except for, except for one image. And what had happened was in flash photography, still, you have to have your shutter speed at a certain speed. If it goes over a certain speed, what happens is the, the shutter basically opens and closes before the flash could actually. It doesn't sound like that's possible because of the speed of light. But that's exactly what happens in photography. Because of that lack of technical experience, I basically, I basically set my career back in this town by a solid five years. Oh. Because first of all, the Cal Neva was not going to hire me back, right? They were not going to hire. And that could have been, I could have been so much further in my photography career if I just, but this is pre-YouTube. This mm-hmm. is where like you walked into and all the books were written. You by didn't re- have the resources. There was no resources. And there was no way at UNR, like by the time, I was at UNR and I was a graphics designer and thought about going to do photography. I would, I walked in and want to take a web design class from the journalism school. And the guy goes, well, you're not in the journalism program. This is a 400 level class. And I go, well, yeah, but I designed websites. And they're like, who, well, who for? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm the first designer for the Reno balloon races. I was the first website designer for that whole program. And I like started showing my work and the guy literally goes, can you teach the class? Wow. And I'm like, that's not what I wanted to hear, right? <laughs> so, I mean, and it was like, I wanted to go take classes on topics. And it's only been recently that you could go take workshops from amazing photographers who are like, hey, in this workshop in five days, and I've taught those workshops now, which I'm very fortunate for, you know, learn how to light, learn how to compose, learn how to shoot macro photography. But in the old days, you had to go through like five years of like, really, like, I didn't, I never wanted to be, I've never been in a dark room. Right. Mm. I've never been in a dark room because I started off doing digital editing before I really started to shoot. I'm like, dude, I I'm putting this stuff into Photoshop and lightening and darkening things down. I never want to do this with chemicals. Britain, tell us what BLFT is all about because you know it's my favorite place to shop. The Biggest Little Fashion Truck is a family-owned and operated boutique on wheels. We got started five years ago because I had this deep desire to make women feel more confident. And I found out that one of the many ways you can enhance your confidence was through clothing. Hence our why, confidence through clothing. We love some confidence in our lives. We pride ourselves in bringing back that old school expertise in customer service by providing an experience, whether it be at our pop-up events around town. We love the pop-up events. I'm at those with her all the time and they are fire. Or we have a storefront, the Babe Cave. 
We just want each and every babe to feel better and be ready to be seen after shopping with us. Shop us online at the Babe Cave or our pop-up events at local businesses around town. We can't wait to see you and a little something special we have for you. Use promo code BOB20 for 20% off your purchase online. Hell yeah, I'm gonna be shopping today. Going back to when you said it set your career back five years, I don't necessarily believe that. Oh, no. Because yeah. MD, well, then it was meant to happen because yeah, I, was I say it's the right path. think that everything happens for a reason. And sometimes if you, if your journey gets expedited and you get there too quick, you're not equipped to handle it. And it could have really, really been a detriment. So maybe it was a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. Hopefully so. Hopefully because so. then by the time you made it, you were prepared and you had five more years of experience. I'm still waking. I'm still waiting, <clears throat> waiting to make it though. So we'll see. Hopefully, you know, it's, it's an ever going journey, but the, the task of being freelance. I mean, so. do you ever really make it? No, like, not as a photographer. No, not ever. as In anything. Life. Yeah, like, no, no. But I mean, the thing, <laughs> there's with, always the next thing we're, we're all trying to get. under construction. We're all oh, working. Yeah. Right? We're, like, and we're probably like, all going to work till the day that we die. Right. thousand percent. Probably last thing I'll do is I'm, I brought my camera to studios. I'll hold it up. I'll hit the shutter button and then I'll die. <laughs> right, like, there you go. There. What, that what did is you shoot? a true photographer. I, I wanna, right uh, sorry. I know I asked the last question. I want to ask this question because I feel like you're such a natural in front of the camera. And like, I genuinely well, or maybe you've just had more practice. I really like if you could tell people who are going to be having photos taken of them or like, I mean, I think this is a two part question. Like, what do you want to leave behind? And then also like, what advice would you give to somebody like myself who is really uncomfortable in front of a camera? Yes. I love that question. So first of all, understand when you're having your photo taken, this is a joint partnership, right? And no photographer has ever rolled out of bed and going, I hope I take a terrible photo today, (laughs) right? They want to make you look as good as possible. So, so many people immediately start off, and this is also in teaching too, people will walk into classrooms and say, I don't know how to use my camera. I hate it. I I don't understand. And it's like, you already have defeated yourself. You've already talked yourself out of success. What you need to do is you need to walk in when you're having your photo taken and like, today's the day that I'm going to take an amazing photo. Mm. Because if at least you're open to it, then a good photographer you know, even a mediocre photographer should be able to then figure out like, what's your best, you know, what's your best thing. Some people have a terrible smile when they show teeth, but they have a great smile when they keep their lips closed, right? Those kinds of things. And you have to be receptive to that too. Like the photographer is trying to put you in the best possible position. And I love it when people are like, well, I really photograph the best this way. And you're like, you're looking at the back of the camera and you're like, no, no, you don't. You do not. <laughs> yeah. Like, we need to turn you the other way. And so what's funny is, is uh, like I just wrapped up a shoot uh, at UNR where I photographed the entire school of business students. Anybody who wants a headshot, they line up 116 people in three wow. hours. Jesus Christ. But, nice. I did, uh, but I did nearly 180 in the fall semester. So that was a crazy day. But it, what's weird is nobody has time to think about. They have no time to get into their head. Those are some of the best photos that I take because it's like I, I, I point them into the light, take two shots, point them away from the light, take two shots, show them the back of the camera. We figure out which angle that they like. They don't like any of the four. We take two more from the angle that they like. And usually within six to eight photos, I've delivered a great headshot. And, and you only need one. And, you, and you're only yeah. supplying one for that particular job. And yeah, you do only need one headshot. But so you, you got to get out of your own mind space. Because if you're walking in defeated, even if it's Annie Leibovitz or as you mentioned, Joe McNally or somebody like that, you're not going to, you're not going to put your best foot forward. So. I love that. 
we are like really running out of time. I Sorry, I, I could literally, I'm just like looked at the clock and I'm like, I could listen to MD talk for 9 I million know. hours. But Hit for me the with sake, a quick fire. Yeah, so for the <laughs> sake of time, should we, do you wanna, how do you wanna go about this? Do you wanna go straight straight into rapid fire? Or yeah, do let's want, just do some rapid fire. Yeah. Hit me, hit me. Okay, if you could go back, would you choose photography as a career again? So I was talking to my girlfriend about this and the answer is, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Like, I love I, that answer. Hey, thanks for being raw. I, I, I took EMT when I, I was planning to be a doctor. Could I have been a lawyer? Could I have been, I went to race car driving school. There's all these different avenues in my life. <laughs> That's new. I did not know yeah, that. My dad for 16 took me to race car driving school and then had the audacity to get mad that three days later I got popped for 85 and a 35. I thought car. that was just a joke to avoid the deer when my sister was on that shoot with you. No, I could, I could heel toe shift oh, like nobody's wow. business. So that was real. So that's real. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I just think that is such a testament to like, if you think for a second that like you have control over your life, you don't, yeah. you have no, cause I'm looking at my, like, sorry. I always like, like to relate to people and see, like, it helps me understand things a little bit better. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, yeah, I would have never thought I would be sitting here right now. Like never in a right. million years did no. I think that this was going to be what I was going to be doing or that by doing candles, it would lead to or sitting that every here time we record, this. it was going to be 11, 11 when I looked at my phone, Yeah, it is. No, 11, 11. Uh, but I just mean that like I, you, and it's exactly like, did you know you were gonna have a pink truck? You were like almost a professional athlete at one point. Like no. life is, and you know what? If that shows me anything, it's to not take what you're doing so seriously and to be open to new things Absolutely. because you never know what's gonna happen. So sometimes I feel like maybe you guys can relate to this. We have this need to prepare for the future. Yeah. And it's like, don't do that. No. I mean, be prepared, but be yeah. open. Yeah, be ready, be ready to anticipate, you know, the blessings that you get in life, like meeting you two, like that wasn't, this wasn't a plan. I never thought no. I'd be here. And this is, you guys are like, I've come in. So people know I've come in, I've been in the studio before and I haven't been in the studio for like two or three weeks. And I was, as I was saying to you coming in, it's almost like I got addicted to it because you guys are amazing. So I never would have thought oh. that at this point in my life, I'd have people like Let's you in my life. Let's so. just burst into tears. I know. I'm very sensitive. Okay. MD, Laker Ocean Vacation. God. <laughs> so I, I would say ocean simply because um, you encounter different cultures, right? Lake people are like high desert people, right? It's just in a geographic thing. But when you live on the ocean, there's industries, there's all that other kind of stuff. There's just so many avenues and people to meet. So that's cool. What's the funniest thing that has happened in your business? I have so many. Two is one, I actually convinced the bride who had just gotten divorced and she hardly knew me. And I said, Hey, I'm thinking about getting into wedding photography, which I'm terrible at. And I wanted to do a trash the dress session because I wanted to put that as far as part of my features. And so she was like, Oh, what do you want to do? I'm like, Oh, maybe we get muddier. And she goes, well, how about we light it on fire? Love and this. I'm like, yeah. So we did a two day <laughs> long shoot, by the way, fun fact, you have to soak, soak a wedding dress in lighter fluid to get it to it because otherwise the lighter fluid is what's on fire. The plastic of a dress, the nylon, the, the fabric just, just, just smolders. smolders yeah. yeah, it just turns into melted goo. So that was crazy. And then I just produced a shoot for Nikon for their flagship camera over uh, the summer. And I got a call. And so I'm not shooting, I'm not assisting. And the, uh, the executive producer calls me and says, hey, the caterer is stuck on the other side of this dry lake bed. And there's this huge sandstorm. It's the first day of the shoot. At, you know, just things are going the way they go on a photo shoot. And she goes, he can't get there to deliver lunch. And, and as a producer, you're required to cause the sun to come up or down. They're expecting you to do crazy things. So I hop in my car and I drive into a sandstorm like it's Fury Road, Mad Max. 
I can't see halfway down my hood, more or less past it. I'm doing five miles an hour and I took a compass bearing on my Boy Scout compass that I have in my car, right? Just to get to the BLM thing. And I get there and this guy's like, dude, I don't think I could get across the lake bed. And I'm like, just hit your hazards, hit my hazards, and we'll just drive right back across. And you're and you just could not see anything. It was just like driving in a giant cloud of of tan. So good fun. I mean, <laughs> also the race car helped in yes. this moment. Boy yes. Scouts yes. helped in this moment. Like yeah. all the things lead to this. I am an Eagle Scout. Proud of that too. I mean, I my pop surrendered. Was an Eagle Scout. That's like a really hard thing to achieve actually, right. especially as like a child when you think, when you think about yeah. that. That's a very, very long story. Maybe for another podcast. Yeah. We'll have to have you back because this is the joy of my life. Um, What's your drink of choice? Uh, Coffee. Probably. Who's, who's your slip cough crush? Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Oh my God. Ryan, here's the thing. It, Paul, either Paul Newman or Ryan Reynolds, because those guys are unbelievably handsome. They try to do more in the world than in what's really going on. Ryan Reynolds is extremely, like he would be like, I, I've met very, very famous people in my life. But full but, disclosure, you're hetero. Oh, totally. Totally. But I mean, like, <laughs> but like, I mean, seriously. He talks about his girlfriend all the time. But, but I mean, like, it's like Ryan Reynolds walks into a room. I'm not telling, I'm not you kidding. You know what? You I'm I mean, with you on that. Yeah. He I mean, is. He's, same. He's he like, is chef's kiss. Lock him in a cabinet because he's a snack. He's right? not my type, but he's like the the Pete Davidson situation where it's like the all of the other things make right. it so you're like, mm, okay. By the way, if you want to watch a great Ryan Reynolds movie, that's a terrible film, but he's amazing in it. It's Blade 3. Or Blade I love 3. Blade. Yeah. And by the way, he was given Deadpool comic books by the writer of that movie and told just to play that role. So that's technically the first Deadpool movie. All oh right. What's something people don't know about you? My first legal name was Charlie Brown. When, when I was born, my father convinced my mother that they were going to have a girl. So my, my name was going to be Lucretia of all things. Right. So it, things came out different. Thanks, obviously. mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. And all, <laughs> although Lucretia, my reflection by sister of mercy is one of my favorite goth songs of all time. So, but, um, that's another story as well. But anyway, so my parents didn't know what to name me. So on my temporary birth certificate on the card, on my, my crib in the hospital, it says Charlie Brown. Because that's what the name my mom just, she thought I looked like Charlie Brown. Okay, Charlie Brown, what's your hype song right now? Uh, I have three, True, uh, uh, True Faith by New Order, probably one of my favorite songs of all time. If I'm driving, it's In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. And if I'm just out and about, especially with Claudia, it's Rough Riders Anthem by DMX. Oh my gosh, that was my walkout song one year. Yeah, that is, I've been in, I used to do nightclub shooting and it's fun fact, a lot of club DJs will not play that song because people get so hyped that they're worried about the joint just exploding. Like absolute riot. Absolute riot. (laughs) So we're going to have to get Ryan to play Rough Riders Anthem. (laughs) Um, Last question for you. Sure. If you could give one piece of advice to someone starting out, just maybe in photography, maybe just in their career, what would it be? I I really think that there's a total lack right now of understanding just overall business. When I advise all of my students, photography-based students, because I do teach at an accredited university, well, two, I say to people all the time, I'm like, major in whatever you want to, right? College is about meeting people. And a lot of people will point to college dropouts like Bill Gates and Zuckerberg, but they met all the people that made them successful in college, right? That doesn't get talked about nearly enough. Everybody wants to talk about how bad college is, but all these very successful people have met. Steve Jobs doesn't meet Steve Wozniak if he doesn't go to college, mm-hmm. right? Apple doesn't exist, but there were both dropouts. But I tell people all the time, like, if you feel lost in school, if you feel lost in your life, understand that find interest in what you enjoy to pursue that, but back it up with understanding how business is done, right? Get a minor degree in business, right? Study business, know how business operates. 
And no matter what you do in life, you're probably going to be successful, far more successful than you're going to be like trying to run around and going, I don't know how to operate a business. I don't know gross from net. I don't know any of this. Oh my God. That's so true. I like, I tell people, I get so frustrated because I have a fact, I went to a fashion school, but I have a business degree from a fashion school. That's cool. And so people don't take me very seriously when it comes to the business side. Like I've had people literally be like, so you can like sew my dress, right? I'm like, no, I don't know how to fucking like, I learned from my gammy. I don't know. Like I, I can generally do it, but like, I really don't actually I, know. I, I know how to sew. Right. But like, I have a business degree from a fashion school. And I think that that has been my number one That's major success. Huge. Like, yeah. because when I, like, even though maybe it wasn't from like an accredited school, but I understand business in a way. And I was going to, I was working in the industry that I was learning about. And so all of that was like directly applicable. And I do feel like that was my biggest success because now I understand business in a way that I find a lot of my counterparts do not. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's where I struggle the most too. And management. Oh my God. Managing people, Jesus, Joseph and Mary. Yeah. Those are two different things for sure. But Mm -hmm. yeah, sales, sales, and more sales. You can't be in business unless you're making money, profits, exactly. profits, or it's a hobby, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. MD tell first off, thank you for coming. Yeah. And like, we're definitely want to have you back. I mean, you're just like a wealth of knowledge and you have so many amazing stories. I can't wait to keep hearing them um, on and off the podcast. But <laughs> in the meantime, tell our listeners where they can find you. So my website is depth uh, with the dash, then of, and another dash, and then field.com. But if you Google MD Welch, you'll usually come up with my Twitter, my Facebook. Also on YouTube, it's photo kitchen underscore 425, 425 degrees, the temperature at which you cook pizza. So, oh, hell yeah. yeah. I'm Love sorry, that. say that one more time. It's what? Photo kitchen. Photo kitchen. Underscore 425. Sweet. Yeah. So, and of course, you, you Google my name, you'll come up with my teaching schedule, all of that good stuff, my videos, my photos. I love this so much. Also I'm, follow him on Instagram because you can see all the amazing photos that he's taken. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see my sister scattered throughout his profile. She loves modeling for you. I love, I love, I love having all your sisters in front of my camera. <laughs> you I guys mean, are awesome. Your there's one who has a little bit more talent. Bridget is incredible she as is. a model and she's very like naturally gifted and she's also trained herself. So yeah, I'm not taking any, I No, you're awesome too. Don't, don't. MD, I'm not like fishing for that right now. No, um, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, but throwing, tell me again. No. I'm, I'm not throwing, I'm not throwing bait in the water. I'm spitting truth. So, oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for You're being here, welcome. MD. Yeah. Um, all right. We're going to wrap this up. Follow along, Brit on Blast, and find us on BLFT Reno, Murdoch Hats and Apparel. Why is it always so hard for me to say? It's long. Haven and Flux. And if you like the show, subscribe, review Brit on Blast on whatever pl- platform you're listening to. Thank you guys so much for listening for another week of Brit on Blast. We love you long time. Cheers. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.